Now, there are some other details that I thought I would leave out of the original story and mention after the fact. Okay. Welcome back to 1 Minute and 43 Seconds, a true Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Today we're bringing you part two of our discussion on Brian Schaefer. So without further ado, please enjoy. So the night of his disappearance, remember I said he was talking to the two women outside? Yeah. He was actually hitting on one of them very, very aggressively. What? I know, and you just broke up a little bit, so you're like, what? <laughs> Say what again? <laughs> Wait, am I better now? <laughs> Say what again? Say what again? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> He, um, what? I know. Yeah. Yeah. So this girl was actually, no. inter- I know it's sad, but this girl was actually interviewed on another podcast and she said that he was kissing her neck and <gasps> being very like, now he was probably very drunk. Uh, he left that message for his girlfriend earlier in the night saying how excited he was and all that. So I, I don't know that this had anything to do to his with his disappearance, but probably not. But like, I was really feeling good about that relationship, and that just being really drunk does not excuse that. You know, no, when it you're doesn't. really drunk, you're a little bit more confident and carefree, but you don't act out of character. No, like, you're you right. don't abandon your values. So, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it does suck. Um, So this girl's name is Brighton, okay? Okay. Um, And she was pretty drunk that night. So she does say that the details might be a little fuzzy, but so her and her friend drove to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Clint and the friend that she was with, who I believe was the student of his since he was a TA. Yeah. um, they were talking with each other. So that kind of left this girl Brighton and Brian to be talking with each other. Um, And she says he seemed buzzed, but not too drunk, but that he was very flirtatious. He was kissing her neck. And another interesting thing about this is that this girl Brighton says she remembers Clint and Brian having some kind of argument that night. Oh, but it was too loud. She saw them fighting with each other, but it was too loud to hear what they were saying. Do you know, was this, did this fight happen after he was flirting with the girl? 
like maybe Clint saw him flirting and was yelling at him about it? That is a theory. And honestly, that was my first thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. from what I understand, it was, it happened before he was last seen on camera. Okay. But he had been talking to this girl for a while. And do we know if this girl was single? I want to say yes. From what I remember, um, okay. they talked and she actually put her number in Brian's phone because oh they were God. talking about hanging out or something. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I, I just know that he was being very flirtatious. She said he was kissing her neck. They And she remembers that he got in an argument with Clint. Okay. Hmm. And yeah, so they were just off camera outside of the bar entrance when they were talking. And there was like this beige door that led to a construction site. Yeah. Um, so this is when she she puts her number into his phone and then she leaves to go to the restroom. Okay. And when she comes out of the restroom, that's when nobody can find him. Like they lost track of him. Oh, really? Correct. That was quick. I get, yeah, I guess so. I mean, because I, I questioned if she was single because maybe if she had a boyfriend, he witnessed this and he's, you know, a vindictive, not nice guy. And maybe he knows more about why Brian disappeared. That's a really good point. They interviewed the two girls, um, Brighton and her friend. And yeah. They they said, they confirmed they hadn't seen him afterwards. And he just kind of vanished after she went to the restroom and they kind of lost track to, track of him. And then he was just kind of gone. Huh. Okay. And the band, they didn't remember talking to him at all. They were also, the band, by the way, was seen on camera leaving through the service exit. Yeah. Okay. So there was a camera at the service exit. Yes. Okay. And he was not captured on that. Now, so from what I understand, there's a service exit, there's the main exit, and there's this fire exit where, I mean, accounts vary, but I think people kind of used it as they pleased. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But there was no camera at that one? No, there wasn't. Hmm. Okay. It does seem likely that he would have left through that one. That's what I think because the band doesn't remember him. He's not seen on any other footage that we know of. I definitely not the front entrance. Okay. Hmm. So his girlfriend was obviously devastated by his disappearance. Right. Um, She on April 10th, which was like 10 days after he disappeared, she wrote a letter to the um, Ohio State University newspaper. Okay. And it read as follows. Thank you for all your thoughts and prayers for Brian Schaefer. I wanted to take a moment to remind each and every one of you who read this newspaper, who read this newspaper of the value of the buddy system. Don't walk around alone and don't leave your friends or allow them to leave you. Yeah. I wish with all my heart that I had been in Columbus and not in my hometown last Friday because I could have been with Brian 
and he could be safe. I wasn't, however, and I hope that all of you will learn this lesson. It is not safe to be alone at night anywhere. Wow. That now, is so sad. From what I understand, this Columbus, this area of Columbus could be a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, muggings and robberies and things of that nature did occur. Oh, okay. Um, but this is so strange because it's like nobody saw anything. Nobody heard anything. How would somebody been able have been able to like, if the purpose was to like mug him or rob him, you know, where's, where's his body? They would have had to have like done that and like disposed of him. Yeah. In a way that no one could ever find him. So that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like to dispose of a body in a way that no one ever finds it, you have to, you have to be pretty smart because there's a lot of things to consider and you have to really pre-plan it well. And I just don't really think that your typical mug planning what they're doing that well. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like they find bodies in dumpsters that have been mugged. You know, they have, they know where to look. They would have found it somewhere. And I believe that they did actually look in dumpsters for him. I think Randy, his father and Alexis were doing that on that Sunday. They were kind of searching around and they could not find, find him anywhere. Wow. Okay. One other interesting aspect of this case is his friend Clint. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Clint did not take a polygraph test when he was asked to take one and some other people, several other of his friends and people that were in contact with him that night did take one. So this girl Meredith took one, but Clint did not. He got a lawyer in the early weeks of the search. And so the fact that he got a lawyer the lawyer would have most definitely told him, don't say anything. Don't take a polygraph. Don't do anything. That's true. Obviously though, this caused rumors among people that, you know, why aren't you taking this polygraph? Um, Right. Brian's father, actually, Randy actually accused him of knowing something about Brian's disappearance during the early searches. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that Clint was involved. I don't really have any reason to. But, you know, you'd think that just take the polygraph test. Like, if it's going to give peace of mind to his family that you have shared everything that you can, why not? If you're truly innocent. Yeah. Now, I know lawyers will advise people not to take polygraph tests. And I know that they're very controversial. Yeah. So I, I understand. I can understand him not wanting to take one. I find it very compelling that the girl that Brian was flirting with that night says that she remembers the two getting into an argument. I would, I would really want to know what the argument was about because I feel yeah. like that could provide some insight into what's going on. And, you know, I don't think Clint had anything to do with it necessarily. Like, I don't think he was directly involved in it. Right. But, you know, what was that argument about? Does he know something? Um, Was he, was he really mad at Brian for flirting with somebody when he was in a long-term relationship? Like, yeah, no way of knowing. 
And Clint does not talk. And like you said, I don't think he's directly involved. But if he had, if they got into the argument and he made Brian mad enough to want to leave without him, maybe he's feeling guilt because he feels partially responsible. Mm -hmm. Since they would have left together, maybe. I'm just speculating. But if they hadn't gotten into the argument. So I guess if he's... If he does have that guilt weighing on him, maybe he is afraid to take the polygraph because it kind of implicates him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I think about it. Honestly, I don't know. I don't think he did, you know, was directly involved, but I wonder if there's more in maybe the police know. Right. And we don't. Yeah, Maybe he's true. Because if you remember, they have Clint and his friend Meredith leaving together on surveillance camera they left together without brian so i mean i you have to think like you know he wasn't involved but does he know more details about something or did he say something more to the police that you know the public doesn't know true i think the police do have information that they're not sharing with the public and i'm sure i'm sure it's significant okay are you ready for the next crazy part I'm ready. Yes. So ever since Brian disappeared, so he brought, he disappeared the early morning hours of April 1st, 2006. Yeah. Ever since he went missing, this is very heartbreaking. His girlfriend, Alexis would call his phone every day. And every day the phone just went to voicemail, but she would call it to hear his voice you know, saying, hi, this is Brian. You, you know, I'm not here right now. Leave a message. So mm-hmm. on sep- September 8th, this is five months after he went missing. Okay. She called his phone and it actually rang. Oh. So this was at 1130 PM right before she went to bed, which she was doing every night. She was, she was calling him just to hear the sound of his voicemail. Oh, but the first time ever since, since that night he went missing, his phone rang. She said she called a few more times, and each time it would ring and ring and ring before it went to voicemail. Oh. She free, basically you know, got really excited about this, and she got more people to call Brian. People were calling and calling. Uh-huh. She called the Columbus Police Department and Brian's father, Randy, and they all were calling his phone and they all had the same react, like the same experience. They kept calling and calling and it kept ringing and ringing. 8 a.m. the next day, it wasn't ringing anymore. Okay. They checked on the phone records and yeah. it actually pinged, like his phone pinged on a cell phone tower in this place what? called, this place called Hilliard. Okay. Now, Hilliard is a, it's a city in Ohio. It's about 12 miles from oh. Columbus, northwest. Okay. So this has been a debated point. Uh-huh. In, this has been a debated point in the case because some people have said it could have been a glitch. I yeah. think the ringing sound just happened while the phone attempted to connect with a tower. Yeah. And but other people have said that the fact that it rang for hours 
was a sign that the phone was turned on. Yeah, it must have been. If it wasn't before, if it was going straight to voicemail, it must have been dead. And now it was ringing first. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. And it wasn't just once. It It was for several hours with a bunch of people. Exactly. So that's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of people think. That's why a lot of people think that it wasn't a glitch and that it like the phone was actually turned on. I actually got a very interesting, I have posted about this case on Reddit before. I don't know if you've ever gone to um, unresolved mysteries. Yeah. I got a really, really good comment on a post that I put up. Okay. Yeah. I read the part where she called and it rang, but then the cell phone company said it was just a glitch, but I didn't know that it happened over a span of hours and with multiple people. That doesn't sound like a glitch. Well, one interesting thing about this, the girl Brighton, who he was flirting with the night at the bar. Yeah. She, she actually worked for a cell phone company. Oh, And so during her interview, she was saying how she definitely does not think it's a glitch. Oh. Because the, just because of the fact it it kept ringing over and over with multiple people. Yeah. It's weird. Why would whoever has his phone all of a sudden turn it on and let it ring? So I posted about this, right? Because I think that the cell phone ping is one of the most overlooked details in this case. Yeah. I feel like everybody thinks he's trapped in the bar somewhere because surveillance video didn't get him leaving. Yeah. So anyway, I posted about the fact that people should pay more attention to the cell phone ping. Yeah. And somebody commented on my post and they said... E-Cycle is a mobile phone recycling company based in Hilliard that started in 2005. I posted this on a web sleuth a year ago, maybe. His phone may have ended up there and firing the phone back up might be part of the recycling process. Oh. So in other words, if you look up E-Cycle in Hilliard, Ohio... It's like, yeah, it's like a recycling center for electronics. So someone turned in his cell phone to recycle it? That or it somehow ended up there. There's this theory. And I thought that was really interesting because. Yeah. I mean, why else would his phone ping in Hilliard, right? Right. Whether (laughs) somebody turned it in that was, you know, did something to him or if it just ended up there because someone found it is, is unclear, but, or if it even was there, that's just one thing that somebody said that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That does, that does make me think. mm -hmm. You want to hear something sad and crazy? How Uh, things, things have ended up in this case. Yeah. So you may have read this, right? But so, you know, Brian lost his mother to cancer before his disappearance, right? Yes. Then Brian went missing. Yes. Well, in September 2008, which was two 
and a half years after Brian went missing. Mm-hmm. His father, Randy, was out in his yard and he was clearing debris from a heavy windstorm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And during the storm, a branch blew off of a tree and fatally struck him. Wow. Neighbors found his body the next morning and they called police and he was deceased. Wow. So in the span of, what is it, three years? Yeah. Derek, Brian's brother, Derek, loses his mom to cancer, loses his brother to who knows what. Yeah. And then loses his father to this freak accident. Wow. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. Besides what I've told you already, most of like the developments in this case have been sightings, right? So, you know, in every missing person case, there are different sightings of people. Yeah. So, you know, people have called in and said that they've seen him, right? Or they thought they saw him and they've been checked out and he's not been seen again. Yeah. That's really all the details that I can think of. Um, I think I covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there and also not a lot. Because there is no actual evidence of any kind. You know, no body. His stuff was not, like, his stuff was all in his apartment as he left it. They didn't, nothing, like, the dogs couldn't smell anything. There's just really nothing, except for that cell phone. Oh, the one one thing... I'll probably see, I'm probably going to remember random things as this comes up. But one thing that did happen in May, a month after Brian disappeared, someone did break into his apartment. Oh, now they, they're saying the burglary, the burglary turned out to not be related to his disappearance. They They figure that due to the fact his case was very publicized and that he went missing. Somebody took that opportunity like, oh, he's not here. Let's go break in, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, I don't think that it's related. But, you know, people, of course, speculate, did Brian go back? Did he get some belongings that he needed or something? But, like, that never really panned out. I just find it really hard to believe that he left intentionally to change his identity because he seemed to have a really strong relationship with his girlfriend. Um, I had read that his family and friends thought that he would be proposing soon and that it could even happen on this spring break vacation that was going to happen. Thank you. That's correct. I heard the same thing. Yes. I mean, it does change things a little bit that he was flirting with this other girl at the bar. Maybe he mm-hmm. was not in necessarily the same mindset as his girlfriend, but still not reason to just leave your life like that. No, um, I don't buy that at all. I mean, I think if you're going to leave your life, people, you would plan that. And you might plan it in a way where nobody knows, but at the same time, like, are you really going to go out with friends on, you know, to a bar and then 
suddenly leave in the middle of the night and then there's no trace yeah. of you. That would take a lot of, I should also mention nobody found any um, activity on any of his, like his bank account or his phone or anything. There was no yeah. activity except for that ping that I told you about. Yeah. You think if you were going to disappear on purpose to start a new life, you wouldn't do it after going out to the bars at two in the morning and you wouldn't do it like two days before you have a trip planned with your girlfriend and your friend. Mm -hmm. Like you want some time to actually disappear before they start looking for you. If this is planned. Right. And as, as this person on Reddit puts it, I don't believe that he started or he decided to start a new life. He's buzzed. He's hitting on a girl. He's due to go on a trip with his girlfriend. It's late at night. Those are not the conditions someone randomly decides to start a new life, especially yeah. someone like Brian, who was bright enough to be in medical school. Yeah, exactly. And he put himself through that much of medical school, his undergrad and his graduate work, just to up and leave. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot... Like you said, you said it perfectly when you said there's a lot to this case. There's a lot out there, but there's not a lot, right? Yeah. Because there's another podcast I listened to, True Crime Garage. Oh, okay. They actually, I don't know exactly their source for this, but they said it was a speculation that the dinner that Brian had with his father the night before he went out. Yeah was more of a like, oh, can I still have a relationship with you? Oh. And that comes from the fact that I believe Randy started seeing somebody. Basically, there's a rumor that there was tension within their relationship. And True Crime Garage was speculating because I believe his Randy, Brian's father, was romantically involved with someone before his wife, Brian's mother, had passed from cancer. Oh. So there, it, this is all speculation. And the private investigator said, you know, he wasn't going to release what it was that there was tension about. But this podcast that I listened to speculated that this, this, there was a claim that Brian was kind of upset with his father because of that. Okay. Okay, but so then that's just another piece to the puzzle. But then, he, you know, he could just cut his father out of his life if if he didn't want to have a relationship with him. Yeah, as sad as that is, he doesn't have to disappear himself. He can stop communicating with his dad. And I don't know. Just so shortly after his mom dies of cancer too yeah so he had clearly been through a lot and i'm sure medical medical school is no picnic so no i'm sure it was very stressful but again if he was leaving on purpose he would not have left like he left his they found his glasses in the apartment you think mm -hmm. he would have brought those you know just little things that he might want Right. You know, like a change of shoes or even even if he wants to replace his clothes, he would have picked up something. 
that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't really see any way that he would have, or any reason that he would have wanted to leave. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that at all. But I also don't see any reason why someone would want to make him disappear because when they did all this investigating, you know, you'd think they'd, if they, if he had any outstanding debts that he would have been worried about or any enemies, you'd think they would have been able to uncover that information and use it as a lead. So it doesn't seem like they really have a reason to think anyone was out to get him either. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those cases. It's so mind boggling. It really is. I think it's interesting that Brian, they're saying Brian would have a tendency to wander away. Yeah. I know that he was, he was drinking quite a lot that night. So I, Um, you know, it's not crazy to think he wandered away and met with some kind of foul play somehow. True. Um, You might've read this, but I, that his dad had reached out to psychics to see if they had any information. And Mm -hmm. one psychic told him that she was sure that his body was in this river. Yeah. And they combed through it and didn't find it. But I don't know. What are your feelings on psychics? I was actually (laughs) debating to bring that up or not. I don't know. To be honest with you, I feel like, I feel like that there's, a lot of people that are probably willing to capitalize on this kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't put a lot of, I'll uh, just, I'll just be honest and I could be proven wrong. You know, I can change my mind, but I don't put a lot of credibility into that. I just don't. Sure. And that's just my personal feeling. Uh, I'm going with the, my gut, which is, I don't believe he left. Yeah. I don't believe he left on his own. What do you and feel I do about think, it? Well, I do think that a lot of psychics are not actually the real deal. Um, and they're just, you know, have their tactics as a way to make money. But I don't know. I've, I've seen some things. I've watched some documentaries about psychics and, and in that vein. And I don't know. Some of them seem kind of legit. So there's still a part of me that thinks there are some who maybe do have some sort of ability to see this kinds of thing. I don't know. I don't put a lot of stock into it, but I did find it interesting that she seemed so confident about it. But I mean, I guess they didn't uncover anything. So. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of cases where, you know, a, a man, young man goes missing after a night out with his friends drinking and they end up in a body of water. That's true. So I can totally see that. Like, I can see why that would be brought up. Um, yeah. But I mean, in this case, investigators seem confident in the fact that they would have found a body by now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because those, I mean, bodies, they tend to, if they're in bodies of water, they tend to show up in one place or another. Yeah. If he fell in, eventually he's going to float. If something nefarious happens, maybe they weighed down his body. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know how you make body sink and not come back up again, but I'm sure there are ways. All right, Elaine. So um, what do you think happened to Brian? Best guess. Yeah, your best guess. Final, final theory based on the evidence that we have. Because I honestly have just no idea. It's baffling. I can't commit to anything because there's just not enough evidence anywhere. I just oh, think um, if, if he wandered off and eventually, you know, if it was just some random gang initiation and he got killed, some security camera somewhere would have picked him up wandering around. And there's just nothing. That's why I wonder if he left in a vehicle. True, true. I but did he would have had to have yeah. organized something. He would have had to have left in a vehicle. Okay. That's so, the only thing that makes sense if 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 no camera yeah. picks him up, right? Yes, you're right. So his friends left without him. Yes. They did not wait any longer than 209 to make sure he was okay. They just left. You really don't like that, do you? I don't. I don't see why like if I go someplace with a friend and we all rode together. I'm going to assume we're all riding back home and everyone needs a ride. True. But if they, if he had a tendency to kind of just peace out and from what I understand, people were filtering out of the bar and they waited for him at the entrance and he didn't come out. Yeah. But they, this is, they didn't wait very long. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I don't know how quick, I don't know how quickly. Maybe there was a line to pay his bar tab. I don't know. Maybe he was just finishing up a conversation with someone. It could, it could be. I mean, I don't know, but what I've, I think I've heard is that they like waited for him at the entrance and people were filtering out and he just wasn't there and he wasn't answering. Yeah. Not that I'm, def- I mean, I guess I am kind of defending the, them because I'm like, I don't know. All anyway. Right. If I ever go out drinking with you, don't leave me behind. I will not. I would never do that, Elaine. <laughs> I don't want you have a tendency to wander off. <laughs> yeah. No, I do not. Okay. So they left him. He needed a ride. Maybe he's a friendly person. He got in the car with the wrong person. That could be. But what would the wrong person want to get off? Get out of him? I Money? don't know. I, I don't know. That's the it, thing. It, did this random person just pick up a random guy or did they intend to pick up Brian for some reason? Or did he want to continue partying? Oh, maybe, maybe then said they had a house party or something. Yes. I wonder, is it possible he, well, no, they interviewed everybody, right? Yes. So I'm wondering if, he ran into some people that said, yeah, come party with us. And uh, there was some kind of overdose or something like that. That, okay, that could be. Another theory. Sorry, please. Yeah, you go ahead. It's just, they never found a body. And just to make a body disappear so that they never find it seems so hard to do. Just considering the advancements that they have, in being able to solve crimes, I don't know how you would dispose of a body with no trace of any kind. Well, I think that part is if you got Brian somewhere where 
you know, he was isolated and there was nobody around. I, I feel like, okay, that's possible. Yeah. Well, but, but I mean, that was 15 years ago, even if they went somewhere isolated, no one ever came across a body in 15 years. No, but I mean, they concealed it. Yeah. Or, you know, that's not the mysterious part to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mysterious. But what's mysterious to me is like, why, what happened in like 10, 15 minutes between when he was last seen talking to the women and nobody could find him? Yeah. You know, he, he wandered off. Okay. Where? Because what what I find fascinating is the fact that there's no no trace of him on surveillance. There's no trace of him on yeah any surveillance, not just the bar, but like nearby businesses. So yeah. like if he wandered off, where? Where did he wander off to? Yeah. It's just I, what's what's really conflicting to me is that is that if if someone if it was pre meditated and someone wanted to make him disappear it that does not match up with the circumstances of that night it just doesn't make sense that that event was premeditated because he was on camera up until almost bar close and everything was fine and it doesn't how did they get him out just doesn't i can't i can't make it make sense that it was premeditated no i don't think it was premeditated I, I really don't. I think it was something that happened after he left. Yeah. Um, so I think he wandered out. Maybe he was mad because of whatever fight he had with his friend Clint, or he just wandered off because he was drunk. And yeah. then after that, he, I don't know. He must have, I feel like he had to have run into someone or yeah. something. Where maybe he wanted to party some more and he went with people and something nefarious happened after that. I, I just, and I feel like it had to have been a vehicle because, because of the lack of surveillance. I think you're right. It, it must have been a vehicle. But I think with those circumstances, it must have been just a random killing and not someone who specifically wanted to kill. Oh, Ryan. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it had to do with drugs or just he met the wrong people somehow. You yeah. Know? Wh- who knows what, it, you know, his mindset was. He was upset over his mother. Um, maybe he was really upset over whatever argument, if an argument happened between yeah. Clint and him. It's also a little odd that he was up late studying for finals and seemed very tired, according to, I think, his dad. Uh-huh. But... He still wanted to party until 2 a.m. and then possibly even longer. I mean, true. I mean, I guess once you get your second wind, I mean. <laughs> well, and when I drink, it makes me very tired. I pass out. So I wouldn't have been able to make it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's everything in this case. Like some people even like some people even speculate that he committed suicide. Oh, wow. But again with that it's like if he committed suicide you can't really commit suicide and hide your body at the same time no you can't and would you make that decision after a night out of partying maybe 
Maybe, I mean, but it, it just seems so strange, like that he wasn't caught on surveillance. And yeah, I mean, he wasn't caught on surveillance. Right. And there's no body. Like what that doesn't, I don't think suicide sounds right either. I think it was no. foul play. Of, it was foul play of some kind for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Or some other kind of misadventure that caused him. I don't think he intended to take his life. I think it was either an accident or um, foul play for sure. I don't believe suicide and I don't believe he started his own life or a new life. <laughs> his own life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I I'm leaning towards foul play. I just don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a this is a good case. I would it's, agree with you that this is in my top, at least top five most yeah. interesting cases. It really is fascinating because it's like it's just like such a short window of time, and he it really is like he was there, and then he was just not. He just didn't exist. Right. I mean, he's there one minute talking to these girls and then within the next 10, 15 minutes, he's nowhere to be seen. No cameras pick him up. His phone's dead. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. It's Something happened quick in there, but I just, I don't know what. Or he, yeah. Or he, you know, not as, I don't want to say escaped. He left on a, in a vehicle yeah. instead of on foot. I mean, if he went out the fire escape, I'm sure they checked his phone records and didn't find anything uh, suspicious, but like, I mean, it's 2 AM and people are drunk. Did he run into somebody that he started talking to? Because it sounds like he would do that. Like he would just talk to people, you know? Yeah. And that's that kind of environment, you know, everybody's drinking, you talk to people, maybe he, you know, he went out this fire escape and he ran into a couple people that were like going elsewhere and he got in a vehicle and then, you know, they were either bad people or, or he took drugs or something that caused him to die. And the people like panicked and got rid of him. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a possibility. That's, yeah. I just For don't. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. This is a crazy one. But anyway, he would be 42 years old if he were alive today. Wow. Okay. Sadly. And his girlfriend, Alexis, she mm-hmm. is actually, um, she is a doctor now. And oh. she's, she's married to someone new with two kids. Oh, good. Yeah. How traumatic of an experience for her, too. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I can't imagine. Like, it sounds like they were ready. She, like, she was ready to get married to him and then for that to happen. Oh, she loved him. It's, you know, it's clear. You can tell that she really loved him. Yeah. Um, she was, and she's actually been interviewed on, on different um, newscasts and things like that about, her experience and moving on and you know her husband really seems like he's supporting her and that's good yeah I wonder did his friend what was his friend's name Clint yeah did Clint ever do any interviews 
for him? I don't think he did. I don't think he said anything. I just, I don't, I don't think that he's the reason something bad happened, but I can't get it out of my mind that he might know more information. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, know. I think it's very possible that he does. But again, I don't think it's crazy that he didn't take a lie detector. I mean, he could have been advised not to do that. That's and, true. You know, but whatever him and like, if they had a fight, that would be like pertinent information. I think maybe if it was yeah. something that set Brian off, I think that's important, but it could be that he told the police and he like, and we just don't know that's because it, we don't need to know, you know, maybe yeah. it's not relevant. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. But again, they did see them leaving on surveillance camera, the two of them. So, mm, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And the, you know, the more time that goes by, the less likely we are to know. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's all I really have. I mean, I don't have any more details. I think I mentioned everything. He's yeah. super good looking too. It's, you know, he's he a good looking guy. Yeah. I noticed that. Men, like adult men, are not typically targets of abduction. So that's also a good point. I mean, not that it never happens, but. Yeah, I think he was pretty tall, too, actually. He is six. He was six, too. That does seem weird that someone wanted to commit a random crime and picked up a 27-year-old six-foot-two guy. No. I don't believe it was, if it was a random crime, why not just beat the hell out of him? Take his money. Right. And, li- and then leave. Like what, why would you go to the trouble of in a, in downtown Columbus of what are you going to do? You're going to, you want this guy's money. So you're going to like abduct him. And I don't know. It just seems strange to me. It does. Unless it was some sort of gang initiation. Yeah. That's true. Know. That's true. I don't know enough about that to like make a call on that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But like you said, it is odd that it happened to a man like that. Yeah. It would not be super easy to abduct. I think the fact that he was um, known to wander away and the fact that he was very drunk, that could lead towards an accident. And it just could have been one of those rare circumstances where it was an accident where somehow his body was concealed. Yeah. But if he left in a car, which it seems like he did, then someone else was driving because it wasn't his car. And Mm -hmm. I mean, someone else knows. Yeah. Somebody knows something. Yeah. And if you do know anything, you can contact the Columbus police department at eight, seven, seven, Six four five eight four seven seven. Just, I really want to know what happened in this case, Elaine. Like, it bothers me a lot. I know. It's really sad. Just, you know, I don't even hold it against, like, the fact that he was flirting with that girl. Yeah, I don't know that that had anything to do with his disappearance. Or maybe he just liked to drink and... He got really yeah. drunk. He got really drunk. And like, that was just his behavior. Not that it excuses it, but I don't know that it had anything to do with his disappearance. 
Yeah, I would agree with that as well. But yeah, I, unless if you have any, do you have any more thoughts? I don't think so. No, I'm equally as baffled. <laughs> do you think this was a successful podcast episode? Yes. Will this you be on fun. my podcast again? I would do it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed it too. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your evening after an already long day to discuss this with me. Of course. Thanks for inviting me. I hope I, I did the case. I covered everything Mm because, you know, I think you cut, you nailed it when you said there's a lot out there, but there's not. Yeah. So I think, I think the, the cell phone ping in Hilliard is very interesting. The definition of baffling. Yes. So. Agreed. What do you think happened to Brian Schaefer? If you're listening, we want to hear from you. Let me know your theories on Instagram at 143mysteries. You can also check out the website at 143mysteries.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. podcast has been approved by Skipper the Cat. Right, Skippy?